0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai,
1: there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Coast to Coast Podcast here on InsideCarolina.com, brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt. Hey, hey, we appreciate you being here, coast to coast, back at you again, talking to you about everything that we can think of involving University of North Carolina basketball squad, recruiting, current team development, scheduling, you name it. We appreciate you being here. Again, we're brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt. I am just Joey Powell for Inside Carolina. With me, as always, the two guys that I would rather have in my foxhole than anybody else, Sherelle McMillan, Sean Moran. Sean, how are you feeling? Doing well. Yeah, Sherelle, you good?
2: Yeah, ready to go.
1: Well, I appreciate you guys being here. Uh, listen, want to make, give everybody a heads up, go ahead and rate, review us. We appreciate it. Got a, got a, a very verbose review last week about how verbose I am. So shout out to that listener. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you being a part of the show. Uh, if you have negative feedback, give it to us. If you have positive feedback, give it to us, but we'd love to hear from you. Make sure we're giving you guys the stuff that you want to hear and the content that you come to expect from insidecarolina.com. And, I don't know another way to put this, but recruiting season is heating up and heating up heavily. Uh, the Tar Heels have scheduled a lot of officials and unofficials with prospects coming in from all different classes, and uh, 23, 24, even 25s, and we're, we're going to kind of dive into that first. Sherell, the most recent news being the last prospect that North Carolina has on their target list for 2023, Zayden High, 6'9", 225, power forward. Uh, he's playing out at Compass in uh, Arizona. He was just in town this past weekend to watch the Tar Heels, uh, saw the football game. Give everybody a heads up as to how that visit went, uh, kind of what you've seen. I know he spoke with Brandon Jenkins, but um, kind of give what, you, what you've been able to glean from that uh, that official visit that that Zayden took with his family.
3: Well, I think the first thing is that he took it. Um, if you remember, uh, Boogie Flan was supposed to visit as well. It was supposed to be live action with Carolina basketball, and Hurricane Ian kind of ruined everyone's plans. But The fact that the family persisted and flew in late Thursday night knowing that there's a chance they could get stranded or that the weather could be bad, I think speaks to um, just how much they wanted to come on the visit, how much they wanted to see UNC. So that's a positive in itself because, as we've talked about on here before, uh, High and Compass Prep get going very early uh, for their season, and they play a very long season. So once October hits, there's not a ton of opportunity for him um, on weekends to take visit, So it was kind of not. I not want to say now or never for the UNC visit last weekend, but it needed to happen last week. And by all accounts from the people we've talked to, um, we talked to his dad, talked to some folks around UNC, um, you know, everyone always says, Oh yeah, the visit went well, but, uh, this seemed like a true, like, Oh man, they, they really did a great job. Um, his dad called them a, a first-class organization, just raved about how, um, together everything was about the staff and and things of that nature. So um, I think UNC did a good job. Uh, The day after his visit, he released the top five, which is Villanova, Michigan, uh, Arkansas, Texas, and UNC. Uh, To recap, he's been to Villanova and Michigan on official visits. Those were uh, during his junior year. Villanova was in June, Michigan was in July. Uh, Has not been on an official visit to Texas, but has taken an unofficial trip there and then um, is working on potentially scheduling a trip to Arkansas. Uh, so that's kind of where things stand. I think um, he said he's kind of going, you know, off of a feeling. He's not going to set a timetable or anything. So, you know, he could make a decision tomorrow. He could make a decision signing day in November. Uh, he could wait till February. We, we don't really know. But I do think North Carolina definitely put his best foot forward um, this past weekend.
1: And if you're Inside Carolina subscribers or just people listening to this show, how how heavy or how important would you say it is to see if 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 another official gets scheduled? Do you feel like that's that's a tell, or do you feel like that's that's kind of the I guess the the big watermark?
3: Yeah, I think so. Because um, Arkansas, you know, they've been there from the beginning. They were on mm-hmm. him before kind of the blow up in April. Mm-hmm. He was someone they identified early, but they do have a few other targets and a couple that are you know more highly rated than he is. Um, so I, I would say if an Arkansas visit doesn't get scheduled, you can start to kind of glean a few things about where he might be leaning. Um, but I do think he'll end up taking the Arkansas visit. Um, we'll just have to see when it is and uh kind of go from there. But again, uh for, for North Carolina, I, I don't think these could have gone much better on his visit than they did.
1: And we talked about last time on the show, you know, it was very important for North Carolina to get high on campus. And they did that. Mm-hmm. Um let that sit for a second. Sean, you've had a chance to watch some of Zayden High's film, and even have seen more things than you saw uh, prior to previous episodes of this show. Tell us a little bit of what you might have picked up in watching him that that maybe you hadn't seen before, or some things that you know listeners and viewers of this show might appreciate.
2: I think the main thing was was going back through the the three three point shooting, um, whether it's UNC or wherever he may go, and and this will come out in in the fit article this week, but question of can he shoot uh because everybody talks about him being a big man that that has shooting ability but when you look at the stats uh around 25 percent in AU play on 100 102 shots and 26 percent as a junior in high school the numbers don't don't bear that out so uh decided to go take a look in into those shots and i think when it when it comes uh, the one thing that stuck out was uh over 40% of his shots were coming from the NBA NBA distance um, in, in AAU play. And even, you know, seven to eight of those were coming from, you know, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard range. So I think if if he's able to, and this was kind of talked about in the article that Shirell recently had on him, if he's able to, I think, increase uh, his shot selection, just where he's taking them and and the time and the shot clock, I think there you know, somebody you should see a pretty significant increase pretty quickly. Um, wouldn't call him, you know, a, one of the purest shooters that I've ever seen, but he does almost look like a guard when he's when he's coming around picking rolls or in catch and shoot situations, uh, just with how he moves and, and how effortless the, the shot is. So I do think if he's you know not setting up from the NBA three point line, he's setting up more cl- closer to the college three and he's not taking them early on in the shot clock, but taking, you know, good open shots. I definitely can see that, that number significantly increasing. He's uh very comfortable setting up from the perimeter. I mean, that's where he'd like to to catch the ball. And I think it probably goes to what he Davis might be looking for in his future, future bigs. I think we, we've gotten used to seeing Armando down low, but between Jalen Washington and Will Shaver, and now potential, potentially uh, Zayden high is somebody that, wants to set up uh, on the perimeter um, and I think Jalen Washington probably has a little more post ability. There were maybe only a handful 10, 10 possessions or so where where high was in the post so definitely not an area that he he uh, wants to set up but I think with his size he can set up there when when necessary. So just in, in, in terms of his offense, I think uh, definitely some some improvement that that can be had there. and then another thing, to like for for unc fans uh as well as coach davis and the staff is his offensive rebounding ability even when he is setting up from the perimeter he will crash the uh, the glass pretty hard uh versus just setting up and and kind of standing up standing out there and, and running back on defense so definitely not the most uh athletically gifted big man in terms of his running and jumping ability but one that uh, ha- kind of has that that mindset and the mentality to, to crush the glass, which which um, a lot of people don't have. Yeah, Sean, I'm curious because one thing
3: I've read from some of the national guys is a constant question of his motor, which for those who aren't initiated motors, just how hard you play. Um, and I never saw that as an issue with him in the times I've seen him play. I'm, I'm curious what you saw looking back at some of those games.
2: It, it, is it really an issue like some of the national folks have said? Well, you can probably... Get that because he is once again he's not banging in the post he's not physical he is setting up on the perimeter uh shooting shooting jump shots or, or looking to go off the dribble a little bit so uh, you know I, I think you can you can get that from maybe the style of play I think there's definitely he, he's he's no Tyler Hansbrough by, by any stretch of the imagination but I, I do some of the times I did see him crash the glass. Uh, you could tell his mind was made up and he was, he was going hard after it. I think that'll have to increase uh, this year and next year. But at the same time, I think he he does have that switch that can can be turned on even a little bit, a little brighter versus just not having that, that innate instinct or interest to to crash the glass, especially if you're setting up far away from the basket versus always being in the post and having a few more opportunities.
1: So I'm going to ask you something that I'm sure, You've got a better handle on this than most because you watch so much ball. But when you see a guy that's a late developer like Zayden High is, what's usually the number one cause of that? Is it that he's figuring out his body? Is it that intellectually he's starting to kind of see some things click? What, what's usually the the one cause that causes a guy to make such a big leap so late in, in his uh, in his prep career?
2: I mean, for for a big guy, usually just starting to put put everything together and and get comfortable in that body. Um, you know, I think for him, he has guard skills, but I think it's probably also going through that. Am I, am I a big man that needs to be in the post or am I the guard in my mind that I, that I wanted to be? So I think it's also understanding, uh, you know, where your, where your strengths and weaknesses are. And, you know, with, with Zayden high, I, I mean, I also think just for, for the past few years, it's, it's been, harder from a rankings perspective given some of the especially two years ago the the lack of of basketball that was that was watched so you are seeing guys that maybe they didn't even improve that much they're just being being seen in more situations but he's also hailing from the san antonio area which you know is not a hotbed for for basketball uh but in general, he, he did make the improvement. You could see that from his offer list, and I think that became, you know, with him becoming a little more physical and a little a little bit more in tune uh, to where he's where he's strongest at, both offensively and defensively.
1: Do we know if uh, do we know if he actually played two years ago? Was he one of those kids that like got nothing out of out of COVID? Because I think I think there were some people that played either one of those two years, and then some people like just missed, you know, a, a good chunk for almost two full seasons. Do we have any idea where he fell on that?
3: I think he played because uh, he switched AU teams. Okay. Uh, and Texas was was pretty open during right. the summer of 2020. Right. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he played.
1: Okay. Well, that's good info. Uh, appreciate it, Sean, as always. Um, Hey, listen, there was another mention that you had there a few minutes ago, Sheryl, about Boogie Fland. And uh, he obviously didn't make it. Hurricane Ian caused some issues for a lot of people. Uh, we're kind of sitting back waiting for that, right?
3: Yeah, that's just uh, he's still going to take an official visit. I think the thing with him is uh, his season gets underway early November and uh, Stepanak plays a very competitive schedule, national schedule. And then obviously they're in the New York Catholic league, which is, you know, one of the best in the country. So he's going to want to be kind of ultra focused on his high school season. So I would say the visit needs to happen within the next month for it to happen, you know, probably during his junior year.
1: So, Another one that's happening uh, as we speak, as we record this right now on Tuesday night, October the 4th, uh, Trenton Flowers on campus for UNC. Uh, he is a 6'8", 180, uh, I guess, wing guard or, or wing forward out of Combine Academy in Charlotte. Um, he's on an unofficial show. Are you going to give kind of a synopsis of what that unofficial looks like and, and what next steps for for Trenton Flowers might be?
3: Yeah, it's going to be very similar to what Isaiah Harwell had uh, when he came uh, two weekends ago for and extended uh, unofficial visit It went over two days. Uh, flowers only on campus, you know, probably five, six, seven hours. So he'll, it'll just be condensed. It'll be a lot of the stuff that you would do on an official visit, just kind of shortened. he'll take, you know, we saw uh, pictures of him in the Carolina uniform, talk to Hubert Davis. Uh, I would imagine he watched practice if they practiced today. Um, talked to some of the academic people and support staff. Um, so really just trying to get him, give him a feel for the campus and for the basketball program so that um, if a time comes when an official visit is scheduled, um, they can kind of be more expansive with that. But um, if this is the only visit, then he got pretty much the meat of an official visit.
1: I want to ask you a quick question too, that I think a lot of fans and, and folks who listen to this show might be curious about when recruits come and watch UNC practice, how involved is Hubert Davis in like talking with the recruit and talking with his parents or, you know, parent or caregivers of whatever, or is he totally locked in on, on practice or the recruits? I mean, or are the assistants running practice or is hoots talking to him? Like, how, do, how does that usually look for UNC having orchestrated practice and then this recruit and his family who's, who's important to the future of the program? What does that engagement look like?
3: That is so funny. You know, when a when our preacher is about to like give a sermon and somebody <laughs> like somebody takes the scripture, he's like, I was just about to preach from that. Um, so we talked to Isaiah Harwell and this is going to be in the story that we'll post probably for the record. I didn't know this was coming guys. I I did not steal this. It's funny. So they were just describing how Hubert was with them during it. I don't think it was an official practice, but it was very much like that um, workout and skill development stuff. And they said that, you know, he was very hands-on. And then when the guys went to do their stations with shooting and stuff, that's when he came over and started talking to them and, you know, just conversed and, you know, he would, say something to the to, to Harwell family. And then he would like, you know, yell at RJ Davis to do something. And then he would <laughs> go back and talk to them. So um, that's the most recent example we have. So it seems like he's kind of hands on with the players um, when they're doing something that doesn't require his um, undivided attention. He'll talk to the recruits and families, but still pay attention to what the team is doing. So, And that's just from um, a visit two weeks ago. <clears throat> two weeks ago.
1: You almost wonder, too, if it's easier for him to do that now with a very advanced and experienced team as opposed to guys that, you know, on a younger team, he would be breaking them in at this point in the season really heavily. Uh, do you want to tease that uh, that article that's coming about Isaiah Harwell's visit again? Isaiah Harwell, 6'5", 180 from Pocatello, Idaho. Uh You yeah. want to te- tease that?
3: Uh, he's he, Again, he he had a uh, extensive unofficial visit two weeks ago. So we were able to talk to him and his father and his mother to get their impressions. And uh, I'll give away one thing. They have shut down visits um, for the rest of the year. So they went to UNC, on an unofficial visit. They swung by a Duke Sunday before they left. And uh, dad said that he wants Harwell to focus on the season and he's not taking any more visits in season. So again, it was already big for UNC to get him out there Mm -hmm. that early. Now, knowing that he's not going to go anywhere else, he kind of has that extended unofficial visit from UNC, probably top of mind. And that's going to, sit with him for for months so um really huge deal for North Carolina to get him out there when they did
1: awesome uh Sean tell us a little bit about Isaiah Harwell's game I know he kind of popped on the radar out of the blue because he's in the 25 class which again can't wrap our heads around but 2025 class tell us a little bit about his game now that you've had a chance to see him a little bit
2: yeah well I mean when I was down this is last live period in July I made it down to Seal Beach for the Adidas tournament for, for uh a Saturday afternoon and, and evening and um wish I'd had him on my my radar instead of a few others uh and, and good to see him in person but have been able to go back and, and watch some of that and i mean he's he's one of those guys where you you can't tell that he's he's a just finished his freshman year uh he looks like he is literally about to go into his senior year you know from a physical standpoint both size and and strength wise uh from a field goal percentage definitely didn't have Great numbers in AU play, but once again, I think he that was a pretty big jump up. Uh the two years in in class is is pretty significant. But when you are watching him, he has a pretty good, pretty good shooting stroke uh out to the out to the three-point line. Very very calm and collected, uh and and really just a, a nice looking, nice looking shot. Uh, but with his size and strength, he does like to attack and and attack the basket, um, which he can do. Pretty efficiently, so a very versatile offensive player. Defensively, can uh, you know guard guard a few positions. Going back to offensive, uh, the offensive side of the ball, he also is probably a secondary ball handler. I don't think you want him being the primary ball handler, but there there's a lot of possessions where he bring the ball to the court, initiate the offense. I think as he progresses, uh, given given how young he is, I, I think the main thing will be the separation he's able to get uh, offensively. I think uh, right now he can use his shoulder when he you know get it, gets it into people, but he seems to really lack, uh, not really lack, but he seemed to lack a, a quickness burst. So I would say that would be the one thing I would be paying attention to as he goes goes forward, as well as you know, are people catching up to him in the in his class mm-hmm. or is he able to stay a top 10, 15 prospect? or is he up there just because of the size? I think his skill level uh, will will keep him in that top tier. But I think from a quickness standpoint, that would be the one, one of the main things uh, I'll be watching going forward.
1: It's again, it's, it's hard to, to, to project a kid that young to me and, and you guys are the ones that watch all the ball. So it's hard for me to think about what are you looking at when you see a kid that's this early on in his maturation and how do you kind of project what is, what is game's going to look like? All right. Last one we'll talk about uh, for recruiting, Elliott Cadeau uh, coming in this Friday, I think, uh, 6'1", 165 point guard out of Bergen Catholic up there in Jersey. Uh, he is a 2024 prospect. Sherelle, anything you want to share about, uh, about that You know that uh, upcoming visit other than kid caught a break with Ian, I guess?
3: Yeah, I think so. Uh, the main things are he's taking an official visit to Texas Tech. Uh, that was a couple of weeks back. That was his first. Um, and North Carolina is going to be his second it's interesting because this, I don't want to say it was a nothing weekend on campus, but there was no home football game uh, this weekend. There was really going to be nothing going on. So it was going to be a visit primarily focused on watching practice and hanging around the team, um, probably getting to know support staff and all that stuff and going, hanging out on Franklin street still will be all those things, but now live action is this Friday. So he'll kind of be there for the unofficial start slash celebration of Carolina basketball. And, you know, one visit, or or a visit from weekend to weekend doesn't change anything, but that's a pretty huge event. And we talked about it in one of the weekly scoops recently. Um, Carolina kind of puts their best foot forward when it comes to recruits and having them visit on that weekend. So the fact that he'll be there now, I think, helps UNC. I I don't know to what degree, um, but it's not a bad thing that instead of kind of a regular weekend, now he's got live action. Um, And again, he's one of two, League guards offered in 2024 by UNC, Boogie Flamp being the other one. Um, and, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, I guess.
1: Another thing that's changed, you know, when you talk about players coming on campus for an official, there's a football game. That's an obvious thing they'll, that they'll build around. With this one, uh, live action with Hubert Davis is something they'll build around. Can you give us a little peek behind the curtain? Will they go watch the game together, the football game together Saturday, or will they do something else? What sort of, of team hanging out stuff does does UNC typically try to structure for things like this?
3: That, you know that's a good one I, I know they've they've done bowling a few times there's uh I think one group went to like laser tag a couple of times um there's always just kind of hanging around Franklin street mm-hmm. one uh player a couple of years ago they were he was just like yeah we hung out in the room and played 2k and the guy was like it was it was a great time um so usually it's, it's those kind of things but uh for someone like Godot I think it's gonna be a, a lot of ball just. Being around the game you know mm-hmm. getting shots up he'll get his workout in he can watch them those are the kind of things that i think he'll, he'll really gravitate towards um you know it, it reminds me uh rj davis when he visited the unc there was no football game um there wasn't much going on it might have been like fall break maybe um but, Col- but he was there with cole anthony he was there with the team and uh just kind of you know fell in love with carolina so it it doesn't have to be a stadium full of eighty thousand people in, or Excuse me, fifty three thousand people in Keenan, <laughs> or twenty one thousand people in the Smith Center. Sometimes it's just about hanging with the guys and playing basketball.
1: Sean, any idea about how Boogie Fland or Elliot Cadeau will, will fit with with this roster? Do you feel like one is any better, or are their skill sets pretty similar?
2: Uh, Great so, answer. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I I think that's a good that's a good question. I think Boogie, I mean, Boogie Flan has a higher ceiling in my, my mind, uh, in part just due to the, the big age difference between, between the two, but, but also some of the size and length that that boogie does have, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Cadeau, when I first saw him, uh, during the Kansas city EYBL just reminded me of, Hey, you know, this is a true, true old school point guard type of guy, uh, that, that can handle the ball, you know, and it, Cheryl and I were discussing beforehand, you, you watch some of his highlight tapes and he's dunking on people and and doing things very, you know, looking extremely athletic on these tapes. But when when I was watching in person in the EYBL, it, uh, it was almost, I, I was going to call him a sneaky, sneaky good athlete where he could get to where he wanted, but it would it might take him a few different, uh, few different combos to get there. Uh, but very strong ball handler, knows how to run a team. Um, I think boogie is, is definitely has the higher upside, but I think we can see how that plays out at least over the next year at high school, um, before, before making a determinant one way or the other. So I think also a lot depends on, on UNC and how that situation is, is shaping up, um, with potentially Seth Trimble returning, uh, Simeon Wilcher, Wilcher. So I think there could be a lot of question marks on what what does the backcourt look like for UNC when when that when that class is ready to ready to enter. So a lot of a lot of things to figure out, but I think it makes sense to look at a point guard and and, uh, you know, we talked about the New York, New Jersey angle. So we'll see if uh, that continues to pay off for Hubert Davis.
1: Yeah, you got to figure a guy that played uh, in New York as, as long as Hubert did for whatever reason, may just connect with those guys more. Sheryl, you want to add something?
2: Yeah, I was
3: just going to say, and this year he actually transferred. He's at Link Prep in, uh, I think it's Branson, Missouri. Missouri. Um, And so that is a team that has a a lot of high major players. And we talked to the head coach there um, last week. And with the Scooby, you can go find it. And I think it's interesting that they kind of built the team around him. Um, So they're looking for him to take another step up as a leader, as a player. Um, so that is something that we you will know, be kind of looking forward to watch, you know, during his uh, junior season.
1: Well, something that we want to watch is when these guys get on campus and they have nothing to do because there's no home football game on Saturday, smart money says they're going to Johnny t-shirt, uh, Johnny t-shirt, or maybe they're just checking out Johnny t-shirt.com when they're hanging out in the dorms or whatever or players' apartments. But I'm sure Johnny t-shirt is a part of that. And if we know anything, it's that when Johnny t-shirt is not a part of a prospect's visit, that usually becomes a positive uh, effect for the for the Tar Heels and Huber Davis. Johnny T-shirt, big supporters of ours. Uh, we appreciate their uh, allegiance and how much they support inside Carolina content and their alums. And it's locally owned and operated, and all of the things that we love about you know patronizing a business. You can find at Johnny T-shirt. Plus, they have an amazing selection. Uh, the falls, you know, falls here. Weather's turning. Uh, sorry, weather's turning. Leaves are turning fall is is in the air you know if if I, could, if I could get a little Walt Whitman on you but go get some sweatshirts get you a hoodie get you a new fleece get you something nice that looks good and let johnny t-shirt supply it for you inside carolina premium subscribers know to get an extra 10% off of their already amazing prices hit them up i've said it a thousand times before if johnny t-shirt doesn't have it you don't need it but we appreciate them supporting inside carolina's content and hope you will support them as well take a quick break let some national advertisers run some ads right here And we'll be right back to talk about the coming season for the Tar Heels because Live Action with Hubert Davis is this coming Friday. So we got more of that to talk about. Stick around. eBay
0: Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like Well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on
1: linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, thanks for sticking around. Talk a little bit about the current iteration of Tar Heel basketball as they get rolling with live action with Hubert Davis this coming Friday. They've already been practicing together. We talked a little bit on the last episode about how the this freshman class might fit in and what they could do to earn playing time. I think one of Sherrell's favorite turn of phrases is, you know, quickest path to playing time. We talked about that a little bit on the last episode. This time I want to talk about the the guys that are sophomores this year, uh, specifically about how they might be able to just I- improve the team and what skill sets they can bring to not only make themselves better make themselves more of a, a viable part of the Tar Heel rotation, but what we might expect for them. Uh, Sean, first thing I'd ask for you is a guy like DeMarco Dunn. Um, I think a lot of folks have really kind of written him off based on Seth Trimble coming in and the older guards that UNC has on the roster. But DeMarco Dunn might actually sneak up in some process of people because he definitely has the frame for it. What would you like to see from DeMarco this year that you think might actually be a, something else he could build himself as an asset for Hubert Davis and his staff?
2: I think last year was was tough for him, but I don't think there, was high, there were high expectations for him to begin with, just given who they had returning and Really where he came in from a ranking perspective and and coming in uh I think he was what offered and committed without actually having seen him in in person if i if I remember correctly um but he he did get a little bit of playing time early on in the ACC. I remember the weight game where he, he got two shots up and then it was pretty much banished to the bench uh after after that game but I think we saw it a lot with the freshman to sophomore jump uh that players like rj davis and caleb love had obviously not that with given the the lack of playing time but he played well in the the earlier scrimmage i think he has some shooting you know shooting ability and some athleticism and i think hopefully the game has, has slowed down for him a little bit a little bit more uh i mean the, the main issue is is can he get playing time just to get comfortable i think it's it's very hard to come in and all the pressure lies on the one shot you might get. If you, you miss it, you're out. Um, or if you don't get opportunity, you might not see another one. So I think a lot of it will go, you know, how is he playing in practice? That is he able to earn the coach, you know, the, the the trust for the coaching staff. But if he does, he's just another, another weapon that could be used really at the, the two or three, I would say. And especially as a, as an outside outside, another outside shooter. Um, I don't think you want him handling the ball but I think with Seth Trimble coming in you wouldn't have to have to see that at all. So all that being said I think there is a the potential there. Um you know I I thought maybe he looks to transfer out just knowing everybody that's coming back but I think having just that one year almost a redshirt year under his under his belt I think the the size and the skill set is there. He probably just needed to adapt a little bit more to the level of play and now it comes down to what does he do with the chances that he will get early in the early in the season?
1: Cheryl, I'd ask you the same thing. How do you project DeMarco Dunn you know, maybe making himself more of a fixture in the roster? Or what's the one thing you think he could do uh, to really endear himself to, to Hubert Davis in that rotation?
3: Yeah, I'm going to go with a classic I don't know. Um, and the only reason I say that is because he he's one of the more mysterious players, I think, uh, really to come into UNT since we've been doing this only because the way it was set up um i think it was maybe february of 2020 we got a tip like hey this this kid's really good he might be the best player in the state you guys should watch him and then COVID happened and then you know didn't get a chance to watch him he took like a ghost trip to unc where he could talk to the coaches and then committed and then We saw a little bit of him during his high school season, but you know how that competition can be, especially Mm -hmm. when you play somewhere like Westover. Mm -hmm. Um, So The shade, the shade. (laughs) Yeah, so it's just like um, we don't really know what he is as a player because we've seen him three or four games over the last, like, three years. Um, I think, again, like you said, the path of playing time, uh, I I think, is just to come in and play defense because the way this roster is going to be constructed, you know that you're going to get – you know, probably 40 to 50 points between kind of Caleb Love, RJ Davis, Armando Baycott and Linky Black every game, you know, 45, to 50, I would say minimum between those guys. So scoring off the bench, isn't really going to be a huge deal. So how can you impact the game? And I keep saying it, the way to impact the game to help North Carolina's offense is to come in and just de- defensively just be wild, just be, you know, hair on fire and, tire the other guards out so i think for him with his length with his size i think that's the way he can get on the court um but i i I honestly i don't have a great feel because i just don't know a ton about him as a player and and maybe we'll get a chance to see it starting friday and then in the exhibition games um but if he davis doesn't have an extended rotation you got to think he's going to be one of the first ones out not again not his fault just like will shaver and jalen washington it's just the guys who are in front of him are just really good um, so I, I think for him, it's kind of the same thing as a freshman. It's, you know, put yourself in a position to contribute, and then that will help you a ton if you hang around as a junior when you probably are in line for a lot more playing
1: time. Is a role like a Nate Britt had too much to, to ask? Is that too much to be expected, or do you think that's realistic for him?
3: Yeah, I think that's kind of what Trimble will have, is, is more of that Nate Britt right. role, the first guard off the bench. Um, I think it's just going to be the same thing, just – when you're when your number's called, you gotta deliver, and I know that's hard because you don't know when it's gonna be, and it might be <laughs> for four minutes or it might be for twenty five. Um, but it's tough. But that that's what these guys are looking at.
1: Well, if you stay ready, you ain't gotta get ready. Sean, one more thing you want to say about uh, Demarco Dunn? I,
2: mean, I think for for Dunn, and it, and it is hard in in today's game where every year, you know, you just you can you can uh go to another school, transfer, whatever it may be. But I, I do think ju- his junior year is, is the one that, that is, if there is something there, that's where we're going to, we're going to see it. I think we could potentially see some glimpses of it this year, but you know, there's so, so many talented players on this, on this year's team. And we know that Hubert does like a small, um a small roster and mm-hmm. I could definitely see them going back to that. in in the latter part of the year so, I really think if we can see some glimpses from him this year, and then just given the likely departures after this season, I think his junior season is the almost Sean Terry at not mm. not to that level, but in terms of that that type of jump uh sophomore to junior year
1: that's when the minutes will open up. I think it's that's a pretty pretty good insight so uh the other guy that that folks I think got just enough of a taste of, got just enough of a hit of last year. To where they are really excited to see what he can be and how he fits. I think the big question mark is how he fits. That's Dontre Styles. Cheryl, I'm gonna ask you the same question we kind of did about Demarco Dunn. What's the one thing Dontre Styles can do to make himself indispensable on this roster? Same.
3: I'm on repeat. It's toughness. <laughs> it's it's toughness. It's rebounding, um, and it's playing defense. If, if he can do those things, um, that'll that'll give him more playing time. And we know that we know he's dynamic in transition mm-hmm. and all that stuff is cyclical because you can't get in transition if you don't play good defense and you can't get in transition if you don't grab a rebound. So I think um, when he's in the game, more than likely spelling either Leaky or Pete Nance or, or, or Puff Johnson, that's what he has to do. Um, you know, I know he wants to expand his game and he wants to be seen as a true three, but just embrace, you know, the skills that you have and then, when you embrace that and do what the coach asks, then there might be a little more freedom to kind of do some of the things you want. So I think that's kind of for him where he has to do, do what the coach asks, um, find two or three things. Uh, A guy we love talking to calls them anchors, two or three things to anchor you to the rotation, Um, become really proficient in that. And then you might be allowed to do some other things. So um, rebounding defense, finishing and transition.
1: Sean, offensively, where can he go? You know, Sherelle talked about the, the dynamic athleticism, his ability to kind of do some highlight real stuff. We saw him hit big jumpers. The, huh. the jumper at the beginning of the overtime against Baylor is something that will always be attached to his career, I believe. What can he do offensively? Can he become a reliable outside shooter, or is he a guy that needs to look for a mid-range? What's something he can do offensively to, in addition to all the things Cheryl said, uh, that might be able to kind of carve him a, a bigger niche on this team?
2: I mean I think to to Shrill's point offensive rebounding and just he offers somebody something that nobody else on the team can offer in terms of just his explosiveness and his athleticism and whether that's catching lobs or attacking the glass or cutting cutting backside I think those can all be easy ways to to get baskets uh I think when you did see him in this past year uh you know he he wasn't shy about uh firing off firing off threes and he didn't come in you know, we talked about it well before he we got into Chapel Hill. He didn't come in with a reputation as a three-point shooter. Even though he went three for 18 on the year, I was surprised when he did take shots. uh, They were usually on online for the most part. Sometimes some of them were, were pretty far, were pretty off, but I always felt they looked better than you anticipated. They, they just, once again, it goes back to just getting that one or two can make things a lot tougher versus if you know you're going to get four or five shots. So I think if he's been able to improve his, his outside shooting that will, um, you know, play in tremendously last year, it was the Marquette Marquette and Baylor game, both, both games he played well. And I think some, some we're kind of talking, well, is this going to be him going forward? But you look at both those games and those were a little more up tempo from a possession standpoint uh, with two athletic, teams i like to get after it and that was last year where i think he was most comfortable but if you put him in a slow down grind it out is he going to be able to make make that difference and last year that's where puff was was better suited um but i think for him it's the athleticism's is a game changer can he be respectable from the outside would be a huge a huge win but once again there's going to be so many different combinations with pete nance in the fold versus if, uh, you know, if there hadn't been a Brady replacement and it's literally just puffing and, and styles. So once again, a lot of bodies and, uh, but I, I think having that experience, especially that, that postseason season experience um, should help him a lot, a lot this year round.
1: I think Tar Heel fans should be excited at the prospect of Dontrez styles going against subs from other teams in the ACC this year. Sheryl, anything else you wanted to add to that?
3: I just wanted to clarify in that I'm not saying that he can't expand his game to do those things that you mentioned, Joey. Mm -hmm. It's just that with this roster barring injury, they're not going to need him to. Right. So he's got to focus on what this particular team needs. And I think it's those three things that we mentioned before.
1: And who knows, you know, less pressure on both of these guys since the expectations have been reduced for both of them. Maybe that allows them to thrive a little bit. Uh, I think that's something everybody would love to see. All right, guys, before we get out of here, I'll give you a, a one last crack at it. Cheryl, anything else you want to add to tonight's show that maybe I glossed over?
3: I don't think so. Like you said, it's it's a hot recruiting time. Um, things will slow down a little bit once uh, practice starts and exhibition games. Uh, but the staff does like to get on the road and recruit. So we'll do our best to, to monitor all those things and keep you
1: updated. Sean, anything from you, bud?
2: No, no. Uh, two pennies from, from me today, but excited that. College Hoops is uh, one month, one month out. So looking yeah. forward to looking forward to it. I, I do have one thing.
3: What's up? I will
2: just let everybody
3: know that um, ACC Network Extra is where they can watch live action on Friday. So that is the uh, on the watch ESPN app. Uh, if you have, uh, I think if you have like a subscription to a cable company or something, that's your ticket to watch um, live action on the
1: ESPN app. There you go. My man just gave you guys the details. If you don't have anything going on Friday night, you know where to be and how to watch the Tar Heels. First, I guess, unofficial salvo into this upcoming basketball season. But boys, as always, love, appreciate what you bring to the table. Love you being here. Um, Thankful for your time. Shout out to everybody who's listened or watched to this episode. We appreciate you being here as well. Remember, rate, review us. We love it. Love the feedback. Want to make sure we're doing great stuff for you and kind of maintaining the level of excellence that Inside Carolina always strives for. But, Until next time, shout out to Johnny T-Shirt for sponsoring, to John Siegley for producing. I'm just Joey Powell for Sherelle McMillan and Sean Moran. We appreciate you being here. This has been the Coast to Coast podcast here on InsideCarolina.com. Like The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount. What
3: brings you to the show?
1: Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side.
0: A new rain
1: is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com The shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.